Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. TC is here on a Sunday night. Hello, TC. Greetings, greetings. KVV is here. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, there are no holiday weekends now when you work for a golf media company because golf never stops. Welcome to the Sunday night Memorial Day episode, which is I know is exactly where you want to be. Hello, Kevin. I'm feeling so patriotic right now, so I'm ready to just run through a wall. People can't see this, but your face is very red. I assume you're just going for a red, white, and blue theme of some kind, but he's been uh, out doing the barbecue scene, it looks like, today. Yes. I, I feel like my face has been red since about, like, I was turned 40, so I'm a little <laughs> bit worried that it's, like, a permanent thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I did a little, play a little golf day, a little family scramble. You know, the family wow. and I shot two under on our uh, course uh, through nine holes. So felt Is really that a personal record? Uh, no, no father's day. We shot uh four under, so okay. we like to keep track about that. Uh, my, my little, my littlest one is, is a bit of a psycho, uh, golfer these days. And so she really wants to go out all the time and play basically got her roped into women's league tomorrow, uh, at our club. Uh, she's going to wow. go out there with like the older ladies and just absolutely, uh, just flushing them. So. Imagine what she could shoot from where Rory drives it. I think we'll probably I, get I to that at some point. can't even World class all around. This, you guys are classless. Classless to go after Blocky this early in the show. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Titleist and the most played drivers on the PGA Tour. That's the Titleist TSR. Titleist drivers have been the tour's top choice for the last four seasons and counting with six of the top 11 players in the corrupt OWGR currently gaming a Titleist driver. I editorialized the word corrupt in there. That was not in the ad copy, but uh, it's the same story this week amongst the best players in Division One men's college golf with Titleist making up 40% of the drivers in play at the, t- at the NCAA championship. Titleist is also the number one ball. We know that. And most played equipment brand at the NCAAs from drivers and irons to Vokey wedges and Scotty Cameron putters. And one thing is for sure, these guys are dialed into their equipment uh, with the with their TSR driver family, Titleist has designed four different models to ensure every player can maximize their speed and performance off the tee. I've played like nine holes total, I think, this whole month, uh, aside from like two filming trips. I think I found a little something with the driver. I was setting up way too close, but more on that later. We're, we're, I feel like every three weeks you find I find something, something different every time. I never stick with anything. It's, it's really, really exciting. I, do get, I get a lot of mental reps uh, lately, so... <laughs> No matter where you tend to strike it on the face, a Titleist fitter can dial in the TSR driver that's right for your game. If you haven't been fit, you aren't playing your best golf. It really is that simple. Head to Titleist.com and find a Titleist fitter near you. TC, you and I both, uh, we, we, we didn't see each other out there, but we both spent a little time in Fort Worth this week at the Charles Schwab Challenge. How was, uh, how was your trip? Uh, you know what? My trip was good. I want to thank American Airlines right off the top. Wow. Here. wow. Got me there. I, I, I bit the bullet, took the direct flight uh, there and back. Got in 25 minutes early. Granted, it took me about 45 to 50 minutes to get my bag. That's an, inflation is setting in because it was 40 minutes on the slack as of this weekend. So <laughs> uh, it, by the end of this week, <laughs> after tomorrow, it's going to be an hour. To get your Pleasant bag, trip yeah. back. Although we do have to, to talk about all the airlines just promoting their credit cards uh, on, on the uh, thirsty you know, during the flight. It's bad. But anyway, I, I, I survived DFW. Uh, I survived a brief visit to Dallas, 
the people are thirsty for my blood over there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I made I, I made a quick stop in Dallas, play a little golf, and then headed over to Fort Worth. And uh, yeah, it's always great to be back out at Colonial. I'm really excited to go back next year and see what the changes are. They're getting ready to rip it all up. But uh, yeah, good week. Got got some some TC Vision Fund scouting going. Uh, walked around with Austin Eckroat, Carson Young quite a bit yesterday. Um, walked around late on Friday as well with some groups. Uh, yeah, just like it's just what I think of when I think of the PGA Tour 30 years ago in the best possible way. It's just such a throwback event. The community comes out for it. It's a social event for the community and I don't know. It's just like, I don't feel like it quite came through on TV this year. Um, it was kind of hazy and like kind of gray there. Um, and they're, you know, they, they kind of pushed the course a lot this year. They, they Which usually I'm cheering on and I, I yeah. don't know if I loved it. I, it just didn't, I, it made the golf look really bad today. <laughs> it didn't look like there was good golf played. And yet, you know, we're watching Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland and Max Homa like go backwards a fair amount this week. So it's like, it's not like the golf was actually bad. It just the course really kind of made it look that way. Yet we root for hard golf courses. So I'm struggling to marry up my thoughts on that. Totally. Like, I'm, I'm like, like, what am I saying here? That I want them to ease up on the setup. But like, like walking around yesterday, I was like, that pin's too hard. That pin's too hard. Like it was, it was just a lot of really, really difficult pins. There's going to be uh, some was, rules officials listening to this. They're like, this motherfucker, I swear to God, <laughs> there's nothing we could do to please this guy. And you know, like they, the greens were very firm. So they kind of had a free roll with the course, right? Cause they're, they're getting ready to, to rip the whole place up, redo the greens, put, put all the, you know, temperature control underneath the greens, reroute some holes, all that stuff. So free roll, they could push the push the course as hard as they wanted to. Very, very firm. Greens were a little bit inconsistently firm and just, you know, bent like they're they're just ready for a redo, right? So the greens just got a little bit bumpy. I think it was tough for guys to make putts. Um and yeah, like we saw a lot of guys, I mean shockingly good field for the week after a major. And, you know, guys like Big Tone, Speeth, you know, guys like that missing the cut too, kind of kind of hurt the juice on the weekend a little bit. So we got a good finish though. It was a good finish. I feel like this um, event kind of exposed a little bit of where like Liv hurt the PGA Tour the most, which is like second and third tier players. And so we it was kind of a top ish heavy field, and just I don't know what the middle class really is on the PGA Tour now. It looks like it's Adam Shank is what it is because uh, you know I. I don't think it's an enormous loss to every tournament to lose a Jason Kokrak, to lose an Abraham Answer, a Cam Tringali, Ian Polk. You cannot replace Jason Kokrak. But like there was some familiarity there that's going to take a long time to build up back, build back up on the PGA Tour. That uh, you know, it's going to make weekends like this feel a little bit more bleak. It's going to make it feel more 2014. With you know, it's exciting to watch you know a Harry Hall make a run at it and Emiliano Grillo get back into the winner's circle and things like that, but. I was stunned walking around Tuesday of like, oh, shit, of course Scotty's here. Well, Spieth is here also. Damn, Morikawa too. Max is here. Like, it was an impressive top half. Of the Victor's here after what he just went through last week. Yeah. And it was very much a – it's always Tommy. a it, – it's a – of course, Tommy lad. Uh, it was a trip that um, I'm always like, oh, man, week after a major, I don't know if I want to do this. And as soon as you get there, you're like, this place is great. I, it's just comfortable. Yeah. Fort Worth is the proper size town. We're sponsored by Schwab, of course, so you can – Throw all this out if you want to, but it is always a delightful week. Great restaurant scene, great tournament. I agree with you. I don't know if it's really going to shine through on TV. We talked about that a little bit with the Nelson, though, too, of like, this is a local event. This is for the people of Fort Worth, and they do show out, and 
I enjoy this tournament every year. And we're thrilled to work with them and thrilled that Schwab has kind of saved this event. That's kind of part of the story that we got involved with them six years ago now at this point. But um, it's been an overall positive, I think. It's just, man, tough spot on the calendar. Totally. Lo- loved hearing about how the the dude Chuck like helped won the pro- won the pro am that one year from Nance. That, that was pretty dope. I think he was close again this year. I he- overheard that in the media center, and I was like, that could be that could be a little bit of a problem going on there. But did did, uh, did uh, Chuck and Blocky team up? Oh, we got we're gonna get to Blocky. Let's at least give Emiliano Grillo some credit here. Um, he has back in the winter circle for the first time in eight years. He won the fries.com uh, a long, long, long time ago. His first start as a PGA Tour member, I believe I heard today. Um, great ball striker, really, really struggled with his putting there for a couple years, 2019, 2020, 2021, right around then. It was uh, a, a bit of a tough scene when it comes to his putting. And he is, is it better now. It's like, a lot better now. Yeah, he's played some really good golf. He had a top 10 at the Heritage, top 10 at the Mexico Open leading up into this. Has had some good success at this course. Kind of wish I would have seen this. I literally, uh, Cody texted me right before we came on the air. He was like, good call with Grillo. We were watching him putt on the, on the putting green earlier in the week, and I was like, this feels like an Emiliano Grillo week. I literally said that, of course, placed zero nuggies on him in our, in our betting pool this week, but uh, I did call it out. I, was hope, I couldn't remember who I said that to. I was so thankful Cody reminded me that I said that, but... Huge birdie on 16 in regulation. Awesome putt on that. Made a bunch of just good eight-footers that I, w- I would imagine was what had plagued him for so long. And then we get to 18 and gets up there pretty quickly. Blows it way right. Gets, so sick. Gets in the man-made uh, viaduct is what they're calling it. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, the man-made concrete creek with the ball trickling down there for like five minutes. It was a bizarre sequence of events. Goes on to make double and looks like he's just blown his chance to win it. But... Um, it was a lot of other melting down going on behind him, and he gets into a playoff and uh, birdies 16 to to beat Adam Shank. It was just such a weird week where, like, Harry Hall's he shoots 62, 66 the first two days. You think he's he's 12 under through two rounds, uh, backs up a little bit on Saturday, shoots 72, and you think, all right, like, comes out Sunday, looks a lot more comfortable this morning. Um, birdies one and two, and you're like, all right, man, this is going to be. This is going to be a snooze fest this afternoon if this guy runs away from it. He looks like if Eddie Pepperell and Bryson had a baby. It's <laughs> terrifying. And uh, sure enough, like it just got, it just kept getting more and more interesting. And they kept going back and back and back. And all of a sudden, eight unders in it. And Grillo just was nails down the stretch, played, played great golf. I mean, four under on his last 12 holes. And uh, we always say that golf is really, really exciting when the ball is on the ground. I, I think the viaduct would count as on the ground. <laughs> that went on for a Shout to that cameraman. That dude was not going to give up on that shot. They were going to follow that all the way down. I will say it feels like TV networks have maybe dug a little too far into the ruling aspects of stuff. Like, they're spending so much time on routine drops and, like, following this golf ball all the way down when it's like, dude, he's going to have to take the drop. Like, we don't, this, is, this, this part is gone. Like, we can carry on from this part of it. But um, he goes on to make double. Harry Hall steps up on 18. And the only two balls the entire week that went into the water off the tee on the 18th hole. All week, 382 drives or something like that. Uh, Emiliano Grillo and Harry Hall on the eight, uh, on the 18th hole drove it in the he drove it in the left water needing just par to get into a playoff. He makes bogey. I was gutted for him. He had it the 12 under par through two holes today, and the playoff was at minus eight, and he did not make it into it. Like that's a long slow bleed that's just tough to watch. So I have a question here because I was reading the the PGA Tour dot com story about this, and it says about Grillo. 
His options included playing the moving ball or taking a drop and a penalty stroke. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, playing the moving ball? Like, why would it say that on the, the thing? It's like, that's an actual option? That's no way that's true. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand down on this one. I'm not the – listen, I, I know some of the rules, but I don't know all the rules. I do not think you'd be able to play the moving ball. I know uh, Mark Dusbabic, I love when he gets involved. He stepped in and said, like – you can't at a certain point the referee can decide that you can't continue to wait and see if it rolls into an advantageous situation so at some point they had ruled that the ball was dead and that he was going to have to take a drop anyways uh that's what it's crazy you can't hit a moving ball but yet after 10 seconds it's dead if it's rolling into the cup correct what a fucked up game correct i've I've been vindicated on that i have not received proper apologies for you guys roasting me on espn you you did such a good job listen i want to say that was really you stuck your neck out there in that moment he's like nope nope you were so definitive in that uh the pie man and i were talking about that we were just hanging out in virginia this week and he was like oh what a what a bold call by solly and it, it completely you were completely vindicated it, it turns out the DJ's whole thing of I want to be able to selectively enforce the rules whenever I think it looks bad and when, when I think it Hell looks yeah. good turns out doesn't hold up that well in court. So, uh, yeah, I stuck my <laughs> neck out there and I, I, I got roasted for it and I was right, apparently. So, sorry. Apologies. Uh, Harry Hall had a uh, kind of a weird week. Didn't really hit it that well. Oh, he hit it. Negative strokes gained ball striking and almost won the golf tournament. That's what a weird so, golfer. That's that was so, so hard to do. Was, and, every time and, I looked up, and he, he was like hitting his a, a shitty off. shot. Yeah, yeah. He needs yeah. like I, I, I don't. I'm not. Apologies. I'm not familiar with your game, Shaq voice here. <laughs> but like, it looks like he needs an analytics coach because uh, some questionable off the tee decisions where it's like, yeah, he was hitting fairways, and I know that it was firm, and you needed to be able to hit fairways. But he left himself five iron into fourteen today. He just kept hitting hybrids off the tee, kept laying way too far back off the tee. Uh, if you're trying to win a golf tournament. I just don't think that's the right. It's been proven that that's not the right path to do it. I know you got to go with what you got that week and what your feels are and all that, but that is that was a Adam Shank was blowing at sixty yards past him off the tee, like and he's volunteering. He's volunteering to lay back that far, and but then he doesn't lay back on eighteen. He hits driver three forty into the water on eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I feel like I follow golf fairly closely. I had not heard of Harry Hall. Like, I, I'm a hand up. I'm sorry. Like, you want to rip me for that? Like, Harry Hall is not a dude who I was familiar with. <laughs> I watch wanna... way too much Corn Ferry, yeah. so, like, I, I'm okay. familiar with him. But, like, even I'm, like, like other than, like, the hat and, you know, him looking like off-brand Bryson, like, yeah. like truly like an England or Alabama situation there, too. Uh He's great. I, I, I met I, him out at Pebble. He was great. Like I, I okay. a guy I root for. Um, UNLV guy. Yeah, he's a he's a nice down to earth guy, and he was gutted. He, you know, shout out to him for doing the interview with yeah. Amanda afterward and kind of standing up there. He looked like he was on the verge of tears. Like, dude, shots like that. I said this on Twitter. Like, shots like that to win golf tournaments don't present themselves that frequently, and uh, it's just got to be super hard to steer it in. Playing the last group back to back days on the weekend on super firm greens uh, did not look very comfortable. So. Which that might be the last time we ever see eighteen. I th- there's, there's. I think they're going to flip the nines. You know what? Really. I didn't know that until I read that USA Today article today, and I was yeah. literally thinking that yesterday. I was like, they should flip the nines on this course. I think it Nine's would be sick. nine. Yeah. Would be a yeah nine as eighteen would be a sick finishing hole. A lot of birdies can happen there, but a lot of disasters can definitely happen there. Well, and then you get the horrible horseshoe on the back nine. Exactly. And yeah. you get like eight's going to be a signature par three now. Uh, 
Seven's a really cool, like seven's a, a cool green. I think like two's one of the most underrated holes out there where like guys bomb it down the right over those trees and then they have like a 50 yard wedge That's in over these imposing bunkers. There's just so many cool little shots out there that like it's like do or die. Like, cool, man. <laughs> you got to execute here. I got to put a hand up too. I tweeted, I think this. I think I, I thought scores were going to be low this week because it was soft in the practice rounds. And with the overseed around the greens, they, they have some fresh overseed around the greens. I was like, these guys are going to get it up and down from everywhere and scores would be crazy low. And I was wrong there because scores were absolutely not low as eight under par got into a playoff, which almost never happens on tour. So. Yeah. I'm told the, the uh, overseed was because they want, like, it makes it easier to kill off the Bermuda. You got to uh, do a lot this. of rounds yeah. of killing off greenside Bermuda to make sure it like doesn't creep through yeah. and all yeah like three rounds of roundup so that that's probably that's why they had to to overseed it but not the best not the best look as it overseed only around the greens and not from tee to green but it's a transition it's here weird. this is Gil Hans has talked about this this being a total nightmare situation in terms of a renovation because of the timeline of this tournament. Whereas like, they're going to, I wish they had done the Memorial thing where they start digging up the holes before, uh, as the, as play is still finishing up. Uh, Barbara, you believe this? <laughs> <laughs> but the timeline of, we got to tear the whole golf course up and get grass down in time to get some growing in this year. Um, before the growing season ends in the fall and like grow, grass, not growing a ton, uh, in the lead ups into May, it's, it's, he's, they've gone back and forth on all these different plans for how to do it. And they've finally got one, but I hope it goes, well, they're going to need weather to cooperate. Cause this is a tight, tight timeline. Do we have a sense of what Gil is going to do to the course? Like, what do you do to clean do remake the greens? Are we talking about different tees? What's the sort of plan? Any, any insight there? Funny enough, it sounds like there's yeah, there's not any plans to add like a bunch of new tees or like length is of, not the answer now. Yeah, length is not it. Like in crazy stat on the broadcast today, it was it's a shorter golf course now than the last time Hogan won in '46 in 1940. Yeah, um, funny enough, I've talked to him about it like eight times, and I still don't know if I can properly relay the answer. I've never seen the plan. I'm super curious for Gil to get his hands on a course that I know really well and I've seen a lot in person because. I, when I walk golf courses, I don't see like, oh, they should do this. They should change this. They should, that's not how my brain works. I know it's how his brain works, and I'm really curious to see how he's going to do it. But he talked about how a lot of places he goes, he takes trees out. Like that's a normal thing is like take trees out, take trees out. But the trees are such an integral part of the golf course. It's like a dark golf course, how he's mm -hmm. described it. It's not meant to be one big giant open playing field, and I – I mean, I don't want to, I could be wrong here, but I don't think he's planning to take out any number of trees that are in play. They've already cleared out a bunch between seven and eight and, and done some stuff. But he I, said he's adding trees in spots. I, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. It's adding like, trees. yeah, it's not something that <laughs> you're Simpson's, so proud. Yeah. <laughs> Webb Simpson's going nuts, man. He's, he's, he's loving it. Um, and it, yeah, adding that, I'm guessing they'll probably expand some greens and add some more corners to greens and put some pinnable space up there bring bunkers maybe a little closer to the greens a little bit and just touch-ups. I mean, it just it looks a little bit dated at this point, and they've just not been able yeah. – again, the timeline has been so bad. They've, they've renovated in like 20 or 30 years, I think. it's The greens are like yeah. close to 30 years old, which is not a normal thing to have greens that are that old. So Especially bent. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm curious to see it. I, I don't – it doesn't jump off the page to me. as like here's exactly what they should do. So I'm, I'm – uh, very curious. I, I'm surprised how much guys like this course. I, it, it doesn't jump off the page to me, but dudes show up and are really excited to play it and are excited for this tournament and speak very highly about it. And they're not the ones sponsored by Schwab. I am hand up here like we are. But, uh, you know, Joel and Max and everyone I ran into, like, really looks forward to playing this golf yeah. tournament week after a major, which I think says a lot. So 
it kind of burns Max that uh, he's never had a top 10 here. Did, Did he, he have a top 10 this week? Yeah, I think T9. He was a T9, T9, T9 okay. Yeah. Kind of backed into the T9 with some guys falling down the leaderboard there. But yeah, he and Joe were like, this place is awesome. You got to hit all the shots. You got to like, you know, like like Max was saying, he didn't hit any fairways on, on Saturday and, and still played well. He's like, this is, he's like, I don't know how I did that. Like, you can't fake it around here. <laughs> uh, real quick, just to tie the loop on Grillo here. Uh, he is 130-something in putting this year. So, I don't, I don't think things, are, things aren't going great with the putter. That's better, uh, TC. This year? Oh, totally. It's, to, it's totally better. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's 134th, uh, minus point one five four. Now, that, that could mean anything. It means his, his bad weeks are probably better than they were his good weeks are probably much better than they were um but yeah props to him for sticking the shot in the playoff from 16 like that's yeah. a very tough tee shot and uh just puts it right in there and i, I remember seeing it, i was like oh shit like Grillo with a five footer like i've seen this movie before <laughs> and uh you know sure enough and then a couple more shots should we do Can down I, the leaderboard real now? quick or, on the putting tc i mean Going back to the beginning of this year, Sony, American Express, Farmers, Phoenix Open, Genesis, and Arnold Palmer, the putting was horrific. Absolutely okay. horrific. Close to a shot per round lost, which is like if you, over the course of a year, you'd be almost close to last on tour. Like that, Very, very bad. He was plus 1.5 at the players, plus barely plus at the Valero, plus 0.8 at Heritage, plus 0.96 at Mexico, basically flat at Wells Fargo, positive to PGA, and positive this week. So he found something in his putting as of the players beginning of March, uh, which has put him back in, you know, the, the ball striking has been very, very, very consistent over the course of his whole career. Positive off the tee, positive with approaches, really bad with putting. And I'm excited that he's got it back. He's a, he's, he's a, a great dude. He, I love him. Yeah. He's the, one of the nicest dudes out there. And he's a wildly good iron player. Yeah. It's insane to watch him hit irons. Really good. So, uh, can I do a down, little down the leaderboard action? Uh, yeah, I want to get to blocky. That's going to take a while if we go down the leaderboard. So, just, I just want to Scotty Scheffler, good week, backed up on Saturday, but 67, 67, 72, 67. That's that's strong. That's strong from uh, Mr. Scheffler. Do we need to uh, worry about the, the Scotty putting at all? For sure. Like, I've been trying to scream about it. 71st I know, I know, in strokes game putting. Number one tee to green this week. Number one by a mile. And I think he was dead last of all everyone that made the putt, uh, made the made the cut in putting. Let's see, no second to last to Bo Hostler. See, Solly, I was trying to say the same thing during the PGA, and DJ and Randy had already given him the title on Saturday night, saying that he was going to run away with it. That, Might have been Friday. I night. said, guys, the, the, putter, the putter's an issue here. The putter's an mm -hmm. issue. So I think it has skewed though how. We have not fully appreciated it. And listen, there's no one that gets in the data and the weeds more than me. I went to his page today to look at like the, the strokes. Holy shit, it blew me away. The ball striking, I've undersold so it. We've all so undersold good. how good the ball striking's been. He is crazy. Like maybe the best driver considering his length and accuracy. And also, he's a better iron player now over the last six months than Colin Morikawa. He's the best iron player on the planet over the Ooh. last six months. That's not a small sample. And he is close to, if not the top uh, driver of the golf ball over the same period of time. Is that a good combination? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, man. The ceiling so, is the floor. What is the, like, what's the, the, floor, the ceiling is the roof. The, floor. <laughs> the ceiling is the floor. ceiling is the roof. <laughs> that sounds uh, more like it. Is this a thing, though, or is, is the putting in his head yet, though? I mean, it, clearly it was, like, kind of pissed at Augusta. He was pissed that people were asking about it. 
He was pissed a little bit that it became like a, a thing. He was talking, I listened a little bit, and he was talking, you know, like Amanda, like, oh, I figured it out. I'm working on things, and it feels much better now. But stats sure ain't backing that up, man. Like, I I don't know. I thought it, I thought at the beginning of the year, this dude is relentless. He, he is impossible to kill. He's like a movie villain. He just is always going to come back and always be in it. And that's been true. But the difference, I think, between – it's like when Rory was a great wedge player in 2014. Like, maybe that was the outlier. What if the outlier – was Scotty's putting in 2022. Like that he was just a great putter for one year. And now this is kind of more back to like, it probably won't be this bad for a while, but what if he's kind of like never gets back to 2022 again? He has lost Even a quarter. if he gets like halfway back there, right? I know. Yeah. He's lost a quarter of a stroke in putting from last year. It feels yeah. like a lot worse and it's been, it's been yeah, bad. The eye, test, the eye test says some alarms going off, Sully. Hmm. It, it does. I will say it's not yippy. It's not like when Spieth loses the putter, it's way worse Yippee. than this. Yeah. It yeah. really does kind of seem like he's hitting good putts relatively. I'm hesitant to say this. If Scotty found aim point, it might be game over for everyone. Oh, God. It's just I know how on. hard that is for you to say, Sally. It's, it's, I, I, again, it, the comment I have about aim point is not that it's not effective. I think it's extremely effective. It's probably part of the reason why it should be banned. But like, it doesn't seem like he's reading greens great. And to hear guys that have ra- like talk about how simple it is to read greens after learning this, uh, it, it is a little bit scary. So okay. I would think, You better I would apologize just, to Teddy. Teddy's not going to be happy. Yeah. Why is that? that? Oh, that's an indictment of Teddy as well. Is he think he's reading putts for him? I don't know. I I don't know their process that well, but is Teddy, like, giving him reads? I mean, I think Teddy was probably consulting on the putts. All right. I'm sorry I distracted us, TC. Keep going down the leaderboard, please. The floor is yours. Michael Kim, guys. The resurgence continues. Uh, Just a really well-rounded week. Like, he's not doing anything. Like, there's no outlier. He's just doing everything solid. T6 this week with uh, our guy Medium Dick Rick. Uh Really, really strong 69-67 on the weekend for Ricky. Bermuda Burns didn't quite win this week just because I think they sprinkled some of the overseed. And the uh, bent greens. Right yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, My kids wanted to know if Sam Burns has been dyeing his hair blonde. I was like, no, I think he's just growing it out a little bit. He's now got a naturally blonde. So this is a different look <laughs> for him. Uh, Mark Hubbard, really, really nice week. 69-69-69. Yeah. 69. Ah, I see what you did here. Let's see what you did. Uh, Team Rose continues doing it. Harris English, really, really disappointing uh, Sunday. 65, 66 first two days. I thought he was going to run away with this thing. Comes out in like a modified Tanimal outfit on Saturday. Mm. Shoots even par than 76 today. It was tough. So, uh, Hovland, again, props to him. T16 after a really draining week. Uh, bad, Bad final round and then Justin saw as well. I think he his tank was probably pretty close to low uh, after Oak Hill and played quite well. So um, otherwise, you know, Morikawa made the cut, didn't really make a lot of noise. I followed Pierre Malnati for a little bit. Guys, my worldview is like demonstrably better after 45 oh, yeah. minutes. I like seeing you him. come around just, on him. Just positive, you know, just positivity. Uh, Chez, Chez right. had a, a great, Great first two rounds and then right. tailed off on Saturday. That's good. And then last I one, think we got one get name, to the... last name, whatever uh, you want. Let's... Choose well. Um... Why don't you? I'll give you this. You can do this after in, in one minute because you you all know Roback. These guys understand quality. There's only one way to describe Roback that is best fit, 
best feel, and we are kicking off the summer. It is the perfect time to load up with the best gear that we own. First of all, their performance polos, they just hit different, whether it's the USA theme designs that are just in time for Memorial Day weekend. Listen, maybe too late for this part of the copy, but or uh, the 4th of July or their classic solids and stripes. These polos are clean. They got four-way stretch, moisture-wicking fabric. They will get you through a warm summer day on the golf course. The performance hoodies are the stretchiest, softest hoodies in golf. If you want to be comfortable and relaxed on the course, then wear a rowback hoodie. Uh, you guys know we cannot take them off. And if you want to start your day right, start it in a rowback hoodie. Lastly, the performance Q-zips are a game changer. Nothing beats rocking a Q-zip for an early round of golf. They're soft, they're stretchy, comfortable. Uh, I, it's a tough decision every morning. I'm, I'm sad that hoodie and, uh, and Q-zip season is coming to an end here in Florida. Also, at Darden, at UVA, I know that the, the founders of rowback are from there absolutely blown away with how huge Roback is there. It was incredible. I saw like an 85-year-old guy wearing Roback uh, at Darden. It is absolutely popping off. Uh, we can't go anywhere without seeing Roback. And Father's Day is approaching. You can use code NLU at Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com, 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and more with code NLU. Summer is calling, so make sure to check them out now. You have a final name for us, TC. Your final. Yeah, Vincent. Uh, Vincent Norman. Followed him a little bit. Uh, was impressed. I think I'm buying. I'm just I'm I'm sprinkling it into my portfolio for for down the line. And then now now we can talk blocky. Okay. okay. It's it's time. <laughs> it's time. It's the main event. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Where do you want? Where do you guys want to start here? Where do you want to start? I uh, listen. I will say this. After everything that transpired, which we will talk about, the guy was standing there on Friday afternoon. <laughs> I'm like up on the bridge, and I look down, and I see this whole scrum of people, probably 100 people around him. And I, I look down, and I'm like, who, what's down there? Who's down there? Sure enough, it's blocky, taking pictures with people, drinking beer, just mingling. Like It was, it. It was like, I, I, honestly, I've never seen anything like it. It was crazy. He had his hat on backwards uh just signing autographs and it was it was the guy looked dead behind the eyes he was so he was so tired and and then he finally just kind of exited stage left and was like god i can't wait to get back for canadian open baby <laughs> uh i i my feelings are so complicated on everything from this past week and it's not it's not black or white i don't uh i don't love blocky i don't hate blocky so i'm just gonna say a lot of things i think about the whole situation I was extremely, and it was very interesting to experience the PGA on the periphery. Um, I thought, the, like, the first walk and talk he did, I, I caught that live. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, this is a great story. I love this dude. This is great. Yeah. Great speaker. Great example for the PGA of America to put out there. Probably going to fall apart here as this, as this tournament finishes, but this is cool. And it never fell apart. It's a freaking miracle that he got it all the way across that finish line. It really is. The hole-in-one, the up-and-down on 18 all should have been celebrated in the way that it was. I don't agree with Randy through Sunday of, of last week. I don't think he was right on that. I, uh, he was, he, uh, KVV made the joke that he was like Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, Don't Look Up in, in terms of warning people about what was coming. Uh, I don't fault that Schwab for giving him an exemption. Uh, the block, that was the best use of an exemption they possibly could possibly have had. Possibly could like, have. That's why you have unrestricted game sponsor exemptions. Week. They got yeah. all the buzz around that. It was real on the grounds. It was extremely real. I was joking. I, I walked up one of the days on Tuesday. There was a huge mob around the putting green on Tuesday. I was like, oh, shit, that must be Spieth. Like, I thought he wasn't here today. It was blocky. Like, there was a legitimate throng of people out there to see blocky. 
Um, but then I'll also say, what he did from Sunday on was certainly his own decision. All of it was his own decision. And maybe doing, by his count, 30 interviews wasn't going to be the best way to prepare for the tournament that gave you an exemption. Like, again, the buzz was very real. And it was because the spectacle he made of himself after Oak Hill, I think. And I think people were still willing to give him a ton of leeway before the comments on the Menory pod. He claimed they were out of context. Can I just play the clip for you guys? And we can decide if you find these for, clips to be anywhere out of solid, context. For reference, this is this is from the Ripper Magoo podcast. This is for the Ripper Magoo Ripper podcast. Magoo. <laughs> Hat tip, Ripper Magoo. I mean, it's intimidating. So, so what's he, the difference between his game on? Would you? I mean, you'd assume that Rory is a better golf than you are. He's a lot longer than I am. That's what it is. Okay, so that the, the length is the big thing. Oh my God! What I would shoot from where Rory hits it would be stupid. I think I'd be one of the best players in the world. How really? Hands down. Oh, if I had if I had that stupid length, I all all day. My 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 iron game, wedge game, around the greens, and my putting is 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 world class. It's just that the the distance, I'm not to her distance. You know, these guys are hitting it 300 yards in the air. I hit it 275 in the air, maybe no, here when it. My 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 wedge game, my short game is world class. What I would shoot from where Rory hits it, uh, it would be a joke. He thinks he'd be one of the best players in the world if he could play from where Rory played. That is where it, that's where it ended. That's where it ended. Okay. I, I don't know. I listened to everything around that part of the conversation for the context that he was referring to on Instagram. Didn't hear it. Uh, that's where it turned very quickly, and I think it. Uh, that's where it turned for me of like, oh my god, I I don't know about this. I, maybe when you do thirty interviews, you're bound to say something stupid. I'm willing to give him leeway on that, but that is just not true, man. It's really not, and that's kind of part of like. Well, if that's the case, then the charm of the whole weekend before kind of loses its luster, right? Are you this like tour player faking like you're a, a club pro, or are you a club pro that gets to play the role of tour player for a couple weeks? And this is your 25th PGA Tour start. So let me, I have some thoughts here. I think that the media industrial complex is so like impossible to wrangle and impossible to sort of like navigate these days. I was debating a little bit with Big about this because obviously, you know, he was really one of the first people, I think, to sort of sense that like, hey, this is getting a little bit overdone. I think it must be so impossible to become instantly overnight famous in this environment because there is no one to tell you like, hey, man, like maybe you shouldn't do this interview or maybe you should do this interview. You're sort of navigating it all. You're trying to sort of... uh I think like be a good person. You're trying to be like, oh yeah, like here, you want me an interview? Like I'm, I'm happy to do that. I'll, I'll let me like say yes to as many of these things possible because I want people to sort of feel like I'm a yes person. Like I'm willing to sort of give them. And you get, I think, especially out over your skis a little bit uh, in terms of like what you're thinking about yourself versus what the reality is. Like I, I doubt that Michael Block really believes that he would be the sort of you know, a, a world-class player if he could hit as far as Rory. But I don't know, like, could he be, like, 125th on tour if he could hit as far as Rory? Yeah, probably, actually. Like, because, like, if that's such an outlandish skill in the game today that anybody could sort of, like, do that. Solly, like, you might be able to sort of compete on tour if you could hit it 340, 350. This is where I'm waving the flag of, like, we can rip on Rory for his short game and his wedge play, but, like, you... We, you don't have any idea how good Rory actually is with the wedge. Oh, 100% I agree with that. It's I'm not. just saying, 
it, that that skill is so essential to being a great golfer today that like it's and and that is a hundred percent a skill that you have to sort of develop over time. So there is no like waving a magic wand of like, oh yeah, I could, if I could do this one thing. Well, yeah, man, like if I could like, you know, run really fast, like I could play in the NFL. Well, like essentially running really fast is an important part of like playing in the NFL. So there is no like, if I could do that, I think that's sort of a, you know, an essential part of it. I, I just, I feel a little bit bad for him because I don't think, I don't think the backlash is maybe as huge as we really think. I think for the most part, people would be like, oh, what a fun story. Like, the, you know, they don't really get plugged into golf Twitter that much. They don't really, they would be surprised to hear that there was an actual backlash. But I think in the, it was enough that like Block felt he had to like address it and say like, ah, you know, guys, like I wasn't being that serious or whatever. And and I just think modern fame is such a mind fuck that you have to sort of uh, have someone who understands the environment and be like, ah, man, like maybe don't do... 13 podcasts or whatever you're gonna eventually say something stupid i mean i've said stupid shit here doing podcasts like once a week with us like about my own fucking tonight you have yeah you yeah, just did I, exactly like I, <laughs> somebody was like oh this is i just recently like on an instagram thing was like this is the guy who thinks he like had to play the pro v1 instead of the pro v1x because he had too much speed i said that shit on like the trap draw like as a joke and people were like taking it seriously i'm like Oh my God, like, what are you, like, I can see how this shit gets totally out of control and people think that, like, you're an asshole just basically when you start talking. Like, it's insane. I, I don't think he's an asshole. I think he Hell. has taken his role as, like, I'm gonna I'm an entertainer in this. Like, people should be more like that. I think uh, it, it just truly goes from, like, if you go in, before you go into a tournament and say, my, my short game's world class, and then I'm gonna go, I'm out there following him. He had made a tough bogey at the first hole. And then from the, he pulls a drive left on the second hole, hits a tree, and bounces back into the middle of the fairway. And he hit the middle of the golf ball with a wedge. He did not mm. hit it thin. He scald a wedge 57 yards. It said 42 on Shot Tracker. It was not. I stepped it off. It was 57 <laughs> yards long of the second green. And then when he got done, said, you know, we've all had days like that where the lies are bad and all that. And I've shot 58. I've shot 59 before. I may shoot 58 or 59 tomorrow. Ooh. It's tough to say your comments on Rory were taken out of context because DJ Pye sent those quotes over like in the transcript. And I literally thought he made that as a joke. I thought because we were memeing pretty hard in the, in the comments of like it, it turned into such a spectacle that like, dude, it's kind of stopped being a little bit fun. This part of the story, like you've kind of turned yourself into a meme. And then there's think pieces on the backlash and then the backlash to the backlash and the media cycle. And it's just like. Oh man! Did it all of a sudden was uh, was Big Randy sitting there like Mickelson up on top of the hill with the smirk on his face as he watched it all <laughs> unfold? One of my favorite memes because uh, Randy Randy made some money off the miscut this week. Who could see that coming? Randy up on the grassy knoll up in Dallas. Uh, you know what, Blocky? Like I think everything's in moderation, right? I, I'm sure he felt like, all right, they gave me a sponsor exemption. I need to pay this off with as much publicity as possible. Yeah. But he was going to get that sort of reaction. And with all the stuff the tour and the PGA of America was doing to gas him up all week, like maybe don't do the Ripper Magoo podcast. Maybe do Sports <laughs> Center. And Wait, I couldn't get all 30. Here's the only 13 I could come up with of what I believe he was on. The Ripper Magoo, he's on Pat McAfee. He was on Foreplay. He was on Dan Patrick, Jim Rome, Rich Eisen. I think I saw Pierce Morgan interviewed him somewhere. Pierce yeah. Morgan. <laughs> CNN, uh, Good Morning America, Today Show. I, I think another morning show, but I don't remember what the other one is. Um, okay. 
on the ABC one. I think he was on that one too. Golf <laughs> Channel, of course, ESPN, and also I believe I heard he was on the ticket with Sturm uh, in, in, in Dallas. There. He was. So, he was. Um, but, yeah, it's like, you know what, like maybe maybe just say, you know what, it's, it's like Monday afternoon or Tuesday. I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. I'm going to take a day or two to, like, refresh because I actually want to play well in this tournament and, like, you know, I think like because it's a good like it like of all the courses on tour. Yeah, it's one of the few that like you could like keep up club like, pro could matter, rock yeah. up and and mm-hmm. compete if they had their good stuff. And I get it. Like, you know, I don't blame him for not playing well or what. No. And, and he came back and played well and you know played better on Friday and all that. Like, I can't imagine what's going on from a chemical and emotional and and just psychological perspective, not to mention just being exhausted after playing four rounds up at Oak Hill. And all that, but you know, it's it's like this thing's just getting started, too, guys. Yeah, like we got Canadian Open uh, week after next. We've got, um, I guess he's going to the Omega European Masters in Switzerland. He, he dropped that. Uh, he, with signed Sturm. With, he signed with WME as well. TC, here's what here's the part that I kind of I I was like, man, I I don't know about this. He kind of turned into Bill Murray out there. Like during a PGA Tour event, when you, uh, I, I get again, you're trying to entertain, you're trying to do your thing, but like, do it all I of his. That was your boy. All of his. See, but Bill Murray is there to be Bill Murray. Like it works in a Pebble Beach pro am when you get a sponsor's exemption into an invitational. Like doing all your gyrations and gestures after a miss and like hamming it up to the crowd and all that's like, like there's a spot for that. And then there's when you're on your way to 81, it just kind of looks pretty silly. It does, and I don't know if that's what. Uh, I don't know, sponsors are signed up for. It, it just seemed a little bit off-putting. Combine that with the comments and then to, to get off the off the golf course and say you might shoot 58 or 59 tomorrow. Like, I might, it might just fuck around and quick. shoot 58. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Props to Minwoo Lee for shooting 67 paired up with him in the first round. Seriously. Uh, it's kind of, a, kind of a tough deal. We got to make sure Ludwig steers clear of him during uh, Canadian, during Canadian Open. Open Week because yeah. uh, I know Pearson Cootie was a was – a, uh, sponsor exemption this week and he he did not make the cut this week and pair, he was paired up with blocky as well so. i will uh pearson cootie note uh that ball's different that ball's a little yeah. different coming off that club face it was heavy it was not it wasn't like bomber it was just it came out of a really really nice window with a nice like pro fade he had some really creative shots his little he had like a stinger cut driver around the corner on five that was just like whoo like it was, I mean, I watched a lot of golf this week uh, and saw a lot of golf shots and a lot of swings. And I followed Finau around for a while, followed Max around. And I'm not saying he's a better player than those guys. I'm just saying, like, it stuck out even amongst watching those two guys play golf. So, I, again, how you piece that in together to a pro golf career and how well you get the ball in the hole is a totally separate question. But really high ceiling, I would say, with Pearson Cootie because he can do some things with the golf ball that um, I, I didn't, I wasn't quite expecting in person. So. Um, just filling in some more blocky stuff from the week because there was a lot. I was at dinner on Friday night, and he was getting dragged by L. Duncan on ESPN. Didn't even have the sound on, but uh, they she compared him to Uncle Rico. She put an Uncle Rico graphic up on SportsCenter. Ninety uh, percent of the bets on BetMGM were on block to make the cut at plus two twenty five. Like like ninety percent of the total bets for the week I'll are bet just it, it's just just blocky related. Just bets. blocky related bets, I believe. <laughs> Uh, we're on him to miss the Bl- cut. I mean, Blocky had better odds than, like, Kevin Kisner. To win the tournament. And, like, I know that's not how Vegas works, and they're trying to spread their risk accordingly and everything, but, man, like, that's that's 
like like he was he was a couple hundred better than Kevin Kisner to win the, the event. Look, I know Kevin Kisner's not playing well. There's a reason why like Tin Cup the movie like ends where it does and it doesn't it's not like a yes. series where you like follow now he Tim gets Cup. a sponsor exemption it's like, well, no he got a, those yeah. exemptions into the next year of the u.s open yeah. and the, the, and a, the masters a great the narrative Champions. has like a definitive ending it doesn't sort of like whimper linger. out uh and linger and so that's like i we're on chapter I, I, two it's gonna be a while uh, too man guys just wait till blocky gets gets to the the senior tour we got like four or five more years until he gets to the senior tour and this thing's gonna take off again it's crazy Huge. How much money do you think he's made off course? Like, obviously, that's a reason to do all the interviews and to hire an agent and to do all these things is to, uh, you know, help with some of that. But what, what do we think he's made off course? Like in the last week or like just that he's yeah. projected to make over the course of this? Sure. I mean, I'm sure he got projected. a bonus from Taylor made. I'm sure he got yeah. some sort of bonus from Nike. He got the Raising Cane sponsorship. <laughs> Although, can we talk uh, about he's playing Pro V once despite being a TaylorMade guy? <laughs> He's, he's plucking Pro V1s out of the hole. He makes a hole in one. He was plucking Pro V1s out of the TaylorMade box. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. I, all due respect, like, I know we're, like, sponsored by Titleist, but, like, I, I legitimately, during the tournament, before anyone had brought this up, I was like, wait, dude, that dude's definitely playing Pro V1s. Like, I thought he was a TaylorMade dude. Like, he he talked in the – I was literally in the press conference where he talked about, oh, yeah – I have why not why not me or whatever what it was stamped on my tailor made TP5s. I was like, wait, but you're not playing though. Like, what? <laughs> I don't get this. Yeah, it's my shag bag at home. Yeah, yeah, cool. First thing, <laughs> for, literally first interaction, I go from the airport straight to the golf course. Shuttle driver, I'm the only one on the shuttle, and he, he's he's driving me over, and he's like. So you excited about this Michael Block thing? Man, we hit the jackpot there. Like, I kind of thought, again, I was just coming off BJ, kind of missing it, and I didn't realize how big the buzz was. Um, and I, I think the idea, so if you're the RBC Canadian Tournament Director right now, after you hear get word of the 81, you got to be, oh, shit. Like, what do, what do we have on our hands? I think for all future exemptions, they should let him play from where Rory drives it. I think that is how they should use the exemption spot is to let's put that to the test. Let's see if uh, all he had to do was walk back that comment too. all he had to do is be like, yeah, I got carried away. Like that was silly. He tried to, he tried to a little bit. He went okay. on Instagram. He, he said, you know, that's not what I meant guys. Like a lot of haters right. out there. I still love, you know, even yeah. though I still love the haters too, all that stuff. I tweeted something. I said, like he dumped it in the bunker from, you just and then he, he so he was like thirty or forty yards out on fifteen dumps it in the bunker, uh, then does this then then has a Saddam makes six and I'm like does this look like a world class wedge player world class short game guy like you know there's different there's varying levels of world class right yeah. and I got I mean That's I got savage. picked up into every single algorithm there was it was it was like guys like I'm I was out on blocky. Now I'm back in on Blocky because it's gotten yeah. so outrageous that like I'm rooting for the guy to, you know, surprise us again, right? What we get sort of accused sometimes of this, like, oh, you guys are like raining on the party, you're sort of cynical fucks or whatever. But <laughs> I, I think that it's sort of sometimes it's, it's right. It, <laughs> yeah, sometimes maybe. I think this what what may and maybe it's even right in this situation. But what I also think is sort of embarrassing is like the blatant sort of um, pandering like pandering riding the blocky wave of like For isn't sure. this the coolest story like there's a lot of people who don't give one shit about golf who are like trying to use this as a sort of like an everyman story and trying to sort of like ride that wave of it yo like we talk about golf week in and week out 
I think we have a part of a right to be like, okay, like this is pretty cool, like, but whatever, like it's not this and that. It's the sort of the sort of rushing in to be like, what a cool, amazing story. And if you don't love this, you're sort of a cynical prick. Like, no, man, like this is kind of like our. If you said that Sunday of the PGA, you are kind of a cynical prick. I'm looking at you, Randy. But maybe Randy (laughs) just knew what was about to happen. Because I think like everything from Monday to Wednesday was just like, dude, it's just a lot. Like you're putting yourself out there. I get it. But like I'm trying to think what a comparable is of of somebody that just doesn't have the resume. Like that's the whole point of making the story being amazing is that you don't have the resume to this to like then also say something like he did was just like, ah, man. Like imagine if I got some weird ass exemption into some tournament and i was just like oh if i get hot like i could win this thing how do you think like the public's <laughs> gonna react when i shoot 81 81 right like do you think people are gonna be like dude this was a cool story he gave it a shot or are they gonna be like fuck this dude they're probably gonna be like yeah. the, the latter so like you played in 26 pga tour events at this point there's data out there about your short game about your wedges about your wedge play from 100 to 125 yards 125 to 150 like the book is out there now, man. Like that's a pretty big sample size. Like the data says something else. And I know like you have to have that self-belief and that, that kind of, for sure, you know, unhinged believe in like, like believe in yourself attitude, even to do something like what he did at Oak Hill, which was remarkable. But like I, at some point you can't say that shit out loud. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, like the New York post picked it up and was like, Michael blocks, cocky Roy, Roy McElroy boast may have gone too far. Michael Block may be buying into his own hype. And it's like when the New York Post picks that up, like <laughs> yeah. that's that's in the mainstream, man. They're licking their chops to, yeah. to, to destroy you. <laughs> yeah. It, again, it's I, I it's very gray for me, right? It just like went a little too far. I blame the media partially for it. And uh, yeah, it's we, we're still a long ways from this being over. Last note I had from Schwab, uh, Awesome to see Joel and Gino. They, we did a great pod with them yeah, earlier this so week. Good. I hope you guys get a chance to listen to it if you haven't. It. Joel Damon and Gino Benelli is caddy. Man, the reaction. I, I drove them to the golf course after we did the pod, and you get stopped in a bunch of places, and I'm not driving the tournament vehicle, so they're like, who the hell is in this car? Like, Joel pops his head out and, like, flashes his badge, and, like, all the security people are like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, the Netflix reaction to those guys now was so very real. It kept happening. Every security guy that stopped us was like, oh, what's up, man? What's up? It was so excited to see Joel, and I just wanted to shout that out for them, like putting themselves out there. They, they get, they're getting a lot of reward for it and seem to be getting a lot of support. And uh, if you haven't gone and listened to the, Joel, uh, the Gino World Record story, it's like one of my favorite stories I feel like I've, I've ever heard. And uh, I've got, never missed so badly on a guess of something of like what it was. I mean, I, if I you haven't listened te- to it, yeah, they, you could tease. I'll tease it here. Like Gino Manelli set a Guinness World Record for playing the most holes of golf in a single week. Uh, USGA holding out all that stuff in one week. Go through the exercise of how many holes you think that was, and then go back and listen to the podcast because it's just incredible story and incredible data around all and, that. And it would be one thing to like screw around and like, oh, I'm going to play a bunch of holes, but no, like he, I loved that how he detailed like, no, you have to have like a person there documenting and seeing every single thing. Like that's how the Guinness Book of World Records work. This isn't like, oh, you just say it and then they like account for it. Like, no, no, this was real. It is <laughs> this is very every real. bit real. It's an awesome, awesome story. The uh, story about him playing through that that same couple, <laughs> like four, four times, eight, eight, twelve, uh, seventeen. Like when he when he when he comes back around and plays through him again a couple. Holes and he's later. under par. <laughs> like, the, like, I, 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 I could, doing? I'm I feel like the whole story. 
I, no, well, listen, okay. I'm not Most saying I'm going to it. That's the main thing. It's yeah. like, but you, you got to go listen. Uh, our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave it a try because I wanted some better gut health. I wanted an energy boost. I take AG1 in the morning before starting my day. Makes me feel ready to go. Makes me feel energized. Feels like I'm doing something good for my body. I'm giving, giving that body the nutrition it craves. I'm, I'm an okay eater. I'm not the best eater. Like it just, it, when's it ever going to hurt you to put a little extra nutrition in your body? The answer there is it's not going to. It's comprehensive. Well, you health. certainly don't put enough greens in your body. That's not true. I do a green smoothie almost every morning, so that's that's not true. And I eat broccoli. At least not in the traditional way. So yeah, I don't like know. lettuce. That's my that's my flaw. Um, Didn't know that about you. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one AG1 empowerment. Powers the gut for whole body health. AG1 is much more than a greens powder. It's all of your key health products in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. One small scoop of AG1 and 12 ounces of water in the morning. Uh, costs like three bucks a day. It's a really effective daily habit uh, with the highest quality sourced ingredients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash NLU. That's athleticgreens.com slash NLU and check it out. Uh, live KBB. One mm. one more question. Yes. Did Blocky send beers to the media center at Oak Hill after his ace? I am I'm reluctant <laughs> to report that no. Uh, there was no there was no beers. Like, listen, it's it's possible. Look, there's always beers in the media center. Okay, so like from four to six. They make some beers available. I guess that's <clears throat> just sort of part of uh, how the PGA of America does it. I, I think it's a little bit weird that at like this specific happy hour, you're allowed to. They, they literally put a, a chain around <laughs> the cooler, and so you cannot access it. But between those two hours, came back from reporting about uh, the Kepka stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about. It. I had a, I had a very heated conversation with one of Brooks Kepka's people. Uh, I'm I'm sitting down and and I'm just really like processing. I'd heard Blocky made a hole, uh, hole in one, but I was like, oh well, I let's have a beer. I had I've been to PGA Tour or PGA majors really where someone made a hole in one, and there was always like a hey, this courtesy beer of so is a courtesy of so and so. There was not that. Now I don't want to say I don't want to blame. <laughs> That it was it, Blocky, it was involved, but no one set that up. And We're not accusing anybody yeah. of anything. We're I can't, just I can't go the there. Okay. I'm sure there's some people who be like, "Well, the media doesn't deserve this." Whatever. Listen, the the deal is, you you buy drinks for everyone. It often trickles down to the media. There was not that, uh, so you know, I did not get a, a I, drink courtesy, Mr. Block. Not that his, I, he may not know at all. That this I think was not the done deal is honor. when you're a tour player on a tour player's okay. salary, you pay it, right? Like that, whatever it is. I don't even know if they yeah. do pay it. I'm sure that the, the events pick he, it up. But don't, I don't you think he could pay into the insurance like we do at a country club, five dollars <laughs> a month, and you get, you know, it. listen. Somebody like Kepka was like, oh. I, I heard Blocky made a hole-in-one. That's awesome. Everybody should run up his tab, whatever. And he was joking about it in his press conference. And I, I kind of thought, like, maybe Brooks would be like, ah, it's on me. Like, I'll, I'll pick that up, whatever. No, that did not happen. But, uh, yeah, there wasn't a – I'm sorry. There wasn't a drink for us. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not upset about it at all. I, was, I needed to write my story. Maybe, you know, maybe it would have been better if we drank. Yeah, just ask just questions. Ask but I, I, that's my – I'm clarifying it for you. It uh, right. did not happen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we, of course, needed a second uh, men's golf event uh, stateside this week. One over Memorial Day weekend was not enough. There was Live Golf Washington, D.C. 
I don't know if there's anything to this, but uh, just on my YouTube TV, it's literally the program was just called Washington, D.C. on CW. I don't know if they're trying to hide that it's golf uh, and trying to trick people into watching it or not. But NCIS, uh, D.C. It's just called Washington, D.C. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was, they, they thought it was a they could have done a documentary on the on the fake civil war bot- battle that uh, was claimed to have been fought at. Uh, <laughs> Many died barge? here in this river. The blood, their blood stained this river. How about the barge? There was a Party huge barge. barge with somebody doing a cookout on, on the uh, on the Potomac River there. But uh, I was hoping to go to this event, I got to say, and I just didn't it didn't work out for my schedule. I've, I've only been to one live event. I got accused recently of of some some having some anti live bias, and I was like, to this person who we'll talk about in a minute, I was like, I've literally been to a live event. Like, there's a lot of people who have not been to a live event. So how dare you say that I don't know what live events are like? I was hoping to check into this one, didn't get a chance to. Hopefully, I'll get to go to the Jersey one. Just I feel it's important to sort of you know see what's going on there, see what it's like. Let's quickly run down the results. Uh, Harold Varner won. Brandon Grace finished second. Mito Pereira finished third. Uh, on the team Tor- side, Torque. T- team Torque, Torque. won. Torque. Uh, Stinger and the Range Goats were second and third. Tough week for the Aces, of course. They finished all the way down in sixth. Uh, blah blah blah. Do you want to? Let's just get to the Claude Harmon stuff because uh, he made some huge waves. Uh, an article that came out from Adam Schupack at Golf Week this past week with some quotes that we'll get to. Uh, it was ringing through the golf course uh, on Tuesday. A lot of people, did you see what Claude said? Did you see this? Did you see the article? Guys reading on the putting green, guys reading it out on the golf course. It pissed some people off on the PGA Tour side with some of the quotes in there. But KV, take me to uh, your side of the story here on Sunday of the PGA Championship, part of the story that, that uh, you and, and we have not told yet. Yeah. So, uh, all listen, all due credit for Adam for publishing that. Um, I, I'm not, I don't want any of this to come across like, uh, you know, I'm shitting on any of that because I think <clears throat> that's super essential to the sort of dialogue. I spotted Claude after he was walking uh, back from something and I went and grabbed him. I, I said, hey, you know, would you mind be able to talk about Brooks or whatever? This is before he had talked to Adam and Ryan Labner and a couple other people. And we had, I would say, a 20 minute, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say heated, but it was kind of heated uh, discussion where we talked a lot about some of these similar things. And I had sort of been weighing about what to do with all of this. He, he said a lot of very similar things to me that he said to Adam. Uh, he was very worked up, very, um, I want to say like saving, he'd been saving up a lot of takes about the media, uh, about knowing up in particular. Uh, I, I wanted to, uh, he, he kept ranting and ranting and ranting about how, um, you know, how poor the journalism was, how, how dishonest we were. And I was like, are you, are you talking about like the media in general? Or are you talking about like no laying up? He's like, no, no, like you guys and you specifically, Kevin, like you've said <laughs> a lot of really harmful things. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I literally didn't even know who you know who I was, but I'm happy to sit here and talk to you about it. Uh, Claude said, you know, some, a lot of the similar sort of things about, um, you know, you guys, it's this fictitious narrative about how the live guys were terrible. And, you know, I, I, he said, I saw the shit you wrote about Brooks when he missed the cut in Oman, the way that you jumped on the bandwagon. You guys forced a narrative that wasn't there. You guys to pretend like these guys took big, money, took big money and they went to live and that meant they couldn't play. And that you, you particular, he said to me, you've said some pretty tough things about live. 
and you've painted this narrative that was self-serving for you guys and the and the talking points basically that the PGA Tour has been giving you. Uh, and you beat up a bunch of players that haven't done anything. Uh, and I, I'm not... Um, I, generally, I think like I'm willing to listen to anyone who has any sort of frustrations or um, issue with my journalism. I'm in a little bit of a different sort of position, I think, than I was at ESPN, where I was more of like an objective reporter. I'm a little bit more of like straddling the line between commentary and game reporting and all that stuff. And so I was very much like, okay, like if you feel that like my commentary has been unfair, like what specifically are you upset about? And of course, like most of the time in these situations, they don't have like a really specific thing to say. It's just sort of a generalized feeling. It's hard to sort of argue with someone in those moments as like, well, you know, like, We've, I think we've just expressed some fairly nuanced opinions about some of the stuff. Like Brooks himself has said, yeah, yeah, I was pretty washed. I wouldn't have gone to live if, you know, I, I, maybe he didn't quite come out and say I wouldn't have gone to live. But he really did say I would, I, may, I probably would have made a different decision or might have made a different decision if I If my health was that, different. You know, my health was saying, different. Yeah. Uh, all of our commentary, I think, about Brooks and Bryson, you know, was, which I think was part of what he was sort of crowing about and trying to stick it to me was was specific to those moments of like, hey, these guys are kind of lost. Like they seem like they're, you know, really um, out in the wilderness, which I think it, both of them kind of have attested to like, yeah, like I, you know, with Brooks, like, hey, my my knee and my hip was completely screwed. Did you I didn't know? That did I you write ever... the script for episode two of Full Swing? Was it you that yeah, wrote that? Was that your journalism? It, that was not Cause... me. That was not me. Yeah, that was definitely. Where did we get this people? idea that he was having a crisis and uh, that yeah. he, you know, I, I saying all of the quotes that supported like, hey, is he or done? Weird that like when Bryson missed like four cuts at majors because he was mainlining protein shakes like, that we would have <laughs> thought that like, oh, somehow that went. Anyway, so Claude and I had an extensive, I would say, I don't, it wasn't an argument. That's not a fair characterization of it. But it was a sort of a heated, intense discussion and back and forth between us. And, you know, I expressed like my views of like, hey, like I have some moral objections to this stuff. And I said, he was like, oh, well, why, don't, why do you care? You know, this, why don't you object to all the sponsors of like FedEx and all this stuff? And I was like, look, if you want to legitimately, 15 minutes after your guy just won the PGA Championship, have a heated debate here about what the difference is between riding in an Uber and, like, specifically doing PR for the person who murdered journalists. Like, two years I'll, into this thing. We've been I was over like, I can have that discussion with you. I don't know that this is the appropriate time, but I'm, I'm okay with that discussion. And I think his response, which actually was the one time I got sort of pissed off, was he was like, well, we, Ameri we do a lot of bad shit in this country. And I was like, that is a really bullshit thing to say. Like, that is really unfair, I think, to sort of be like, oh, well, th this bad thing happens over the Saudis execute these gay people, whatever. They're they're willing to torture people who are advocating for you know women who drive. And his claim to me was, you haven't lived in the Middle East. You know, I've lived in the Middle East. I've seen the sort of, you know, progress it made there. And, and I said, Claude, have you talked to anybody's family who has been tortured? Because I have. I have done that. So your claim that, like, no one does good journalism anymore, to me, rings a little hollow in that sense. And, you know, I, I do think that there are some fair points in what he said in the sense of, like, you guys were so quick to write off some of these guys. Maybe that's true. Like, I, he was clearly, there. I tweeted once as sort of a, I think, a joke about, 
when Brooks missed the cut in Oman, you know, maybe these guys are properly ranked in the OWGR where he was sort of falling down thing. And, and look, Brooks said like, that was a sort of a shitty day. I got a bad draw. Like the wind was blowing like crazy. I played poorly, all these things like, you know, maybe those are, that's an instance of me sort of acting, you know, irrationally and, and based off of one tournament or whatever. And, but look, I've been pretty like open about the fact that I love that Brooks is healthy again. And I love that Bryson is playing well again. And I, so this idea that like, I'll hand up too. like, yeah. I've underestimated these guys yeah. coming into major this championships. Idea that we want to shit didn't on live and shit on guys, these players. Honest, like, I did not underestimate him. <laughs> I don't look, I don't think that live in its current format, like deserves ODFGBR points, but like, so you know, you and I know, like we've had discussion internally, like, I do think there is some mechanism for figuring out a way to sort of, it, it's not under the current system because the current system was set up in a specific way by the majors of like, all right, here's how we give exemptions to these people. But if that changes, I think that there's a way for, you know, some points to be awarded somehow. It, it's just not this. You've been very specific about your example of like, this is basically like these guys left the NBA and to set up their own league and now want spots in like the playoffs. It's like the Clippers or the Lakers are like, Hey, we're going to go over here and going to form this league, but damn it. Like we deserve like an automatic, we automatic entry into the playoffs. That's where I think it's a little bit, you know, absurd. Anyway, I, I, I still may sort of write something about like Claude's in my discussion, because I think it was, uh, I think it was cathartic for the both of us. And I think it was, uh, you know, a good, exchange of ideas and i think he got so worked up during it that then he was even more willing to sort of you know go in with with shupak and, and talk about some of the stuff but i mean some of his points of like you're you know what brooks did or what bryson did is no different than what lamar jackson did and i was like hold on buddy like i like i covered the nfl for like 15 Don't bring years lamb, lamb Don't do these, this, right? these two things are not the same <laughs> okay like the nfl is is very like boxing and soccer are much more akin to like what golf is than like the NFL or he, I think he used in Adam's thing, like a, an example of like the Mets or whatever, like they just pay out, you know, the, um, whoever it was. Verlander, the Mets. Yeah. But, yeah Verlander, Some like, weird oh, analogies. You know. He was struggling yeah, totally with analogies. <laughs> that he is also, not at all. Like Joseph Mengele. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the the big part about Bryson, I mean, he did say, you guys at you know NLU are sort of basically getting your talking points or whatever Jay wants to sort of say to you, and that frustrated me too because yeah. when I was at ESPN, I got in some trouble for like tweeting some things that were sort of you know frustrations about the lives or excuse me about the PGA Tour's like COVID policy, how slow they were to react versus the rest of the world, and the PGA Tour like essentially went to my boss and kind of scolded me and was like, hey, you know, we this guy is really acting responsibly. It, I was like this is really frustrating to hear you sit in here and say that like, I'm willing to do the bidding of the PGA tour. Like you were so clueless in this, that the idea that the PGA tour feeds us like talking points or gives us any access based on this stuff. It is clear that they, all of these guys, whether it's Claude or Phil or who these guys who are really adamant about this stuff that they kind of get in these little kind of, 
you know, groups and just feed off of each other's anger and frustration about this stuff. <laughs> it always and, cracks me up to hear. Yeah. You guys are getting your talking points from the PGA tour. Like, like as I'm calling for J Monahan's yeah. job, at regular that's, interval, that's over, to throw you off the scent. I, I cited you TC. I was like, nobody has been more and more critical of J Monahan than TC, which, which uh, I'm not sure. I was like, I hope Claude knows who TC is when I'm saying and, this. <laughs> and our, you know, our colleague Cody, who's, you know, Certainly hasn't spent any any time in the Middle East. No, no, he, he wouldn't no have any perspective on how things are in the Middle East. Not one bit. So, I it's always weird a little bit like to talk about this stuff when you know Claude and I had our back and forth. Like this was all on the record. Like none of this was you know shout out Alan Chipnuck and Phil. Like none of this was like implied as maybe it was on or off the record. It was literally I asked him questions. I had my phone in my hand recording. He knew what was. What was being discussed, obviously, this conversation with Adam, you know, he knew it was going forward. But, I, you know, Claude is someone who likes to sort of, he likes to rant a little bit. He likes to make his opinions known. He's He's been a defender of Brooks in these sort of things for a long time. I remember him getting so pissed off that Brooks wasn't asked any questions after the first round at Bell Reef when he shot, like, even par. And he was like, you guys, you, you choose who are going to be the sort of, you know, the the darlings of the media, whatever. And I was like, look, I, I legitimately had this conversation with, with Claude four years ago. I was like, look, or was it goes more than that. You know, Brooks has to give a little bit back too. Like he has to sort of engage a little bit with the media. And Claude was like, oh, you, you're so full of shit on that. I worked in broadcasting. I know how this works. Like you guys choose this and that. So clearly this is someone who has some strong opinions about how the media shapes the narrative. But I, I did say, I was like, look, I think you're look, I I love where I work and I think we are sort of an important part of the discussion in golf. I think perhaps you're giving a little bit too much credit to like our media company and podcast to think that like we have shaped the entire narrative of what live is. Like live has shaped the narrative of who they are and we have talked about that. But thank you for thinking that we are so influential in that conversation that we are able to make them out to be anti-heroes or whatever you sort of are, are suggesting that they are. So it was an interesting conversation. It did not make it into my game story because I was like, this is not relevant to Brooks Kepka's winning of the PGA, but I would like to revisit this at some point down the road. It was, I, I don't know if we need, we don't need to go through all the quotes, but I, it did get a very strong, like, sir, this is a Wendy's vibe of just, <laughs> just a true off, like very first thing he gets out to is Brandel's a paid actor by NBC and golf channel, blah, blah, blah. Uh, who could, who could possibly say sports washing when the company they work for him and Eamon Lynch, they televised the last two winter Olympics in Russia and China. It's not like they were good leaders back. It's not like Putin was a good guy, right? It's like, Oh, okay. This is going to be really good. We're getting, we're already on listen, Putin. And listen, I'm, I'm here for that, for the NBC, the anti NBC <laughs> stuff. So. We can go there, Claude. That's fine. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I would still – I'm also here for that, but I also still would say there's a difference in working for NBC and being a paid spokesman for the Saudi government. I think there's a pretty big uh, – Yes. I don't think Brandel and uh, Eamon are paid spokesmen for the Russian or Chinese governments, which is uh, exactly what Brooks Kepke is. It's, it's classic whataboutism, trying to make two – trying to make a false equivalence and, make, and smooth things out, and that's exactly the whole goal of live and the sports washing and all that shit. Um, I, again, I, I put my hand up on like underestimating live guys. I will say I predicted that a live guy would win a major this year. That was in my preseason picks. Did not think it'd be Brooks. I did not. Um, I thought that 
phase was kind of over for him. And he, the, the Netflix series did not make me feel any differently about that. His play up through March of this year did not make me feel any differently about that. Um, I am glad to see him back and competing. It's still one of the weirdest careers ever. We can talk mm-hmm. about that on a separate episode, but like, I don't, Brooks has not been all as nearly as all in on live as he would like to make us think in this talking about he's on zoom calls all day and he's so blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, nah, man, he's met with two separate people to talk about coming back to the PGA tour and what the path is like. And he said himself, I miss competing. It's Rory. And I wish I, you know, I wish I could do that. And I might've made a different decision if my health was different. Don't put that on the media. All right. That's your own guy saying and doing these things. And it is kind of a shame that he took this moment of Brooks, like Brooks won this okay live to not win the pga brooks was the champion brooks is the champion brooks is the major champion of this generation and like take that time to like make this about your grievances with the media is kind of shitty i think i brooke if i'm brooks i'm like dude what the hell man like come on could we not like, get through this night and then maybe like talk about this rationally some of the stuff rationally the next day um, I don't know. That was my reaction to it. Cause How it about is the just drive by on Zalatoris. That's where, that's the stuff that really pissed a lot of people off on the PGA tour side saying, uh, listen, there's a whole lot of people that having gone through this whole live versus PGA tour thing. There are a lot of people that you guys on the tour side of this, I mean, blow smoke up their asses like fucking world beaters. I assume that's what the expletive is. Uh, and some of these guys haven't won tournaments in quite a long time. The fact that Will Zalatoris is top 10 in the world is laughable and it has nothing to do with him. What a drive-by. First of all, what? Will was 12th in the world when Liv started. So, uh. And, like, the idea that, like, we've, like, the, somehow you're, what things that we say are supposed to, like, influence Zalatoris being into the world top 10 rankings. of the world. <laughs> what, like, I, what an insane thing to think. I saw Will Zalatoris, like, almost win a PGA. Like, literally at Southern Hills. Like, how, what did that have to do with Liv? <laughs> Uh, and then, like riding for Peter Uline and throwing him into the same convo as Sahith and Max and Peter Uline like, had every chance to make it on yeah, PG Tour, many like, chances, many chances, and and probably had some advantages too, like based on like where his background was. Like I, I don't understand exactly like him and Chase Kepka, like this idea that they were sort of like wronged or deprived of opportunities. Like those opportunities existed for them forever. And yeah, I, it's it's. Uline is playing the best golf he's played since he played on the European Tour in 2017, and he was supposed to be the dude that came to the PGA Tour and was going to be wrecking shit. He won the first Corn Ferry Tour as Nationwide or, or Web.com at the time when he came back and won there and was supposed to go straight to the PGA Tour and dominate. It just never happened. It did not happen. Then all of a sudden, he goes plays 54 holes events and, and is miraculously turned into a shot and a half better. Like It's a different environment. If you want to compare that to Max winning Farmers, yeah, that's. I'm gonna need a little more evidence on that one. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a few more results in some bigger events uh, worldwide than just you know Peter Uline beating the same 47 guys week in and week out. It's just. Yeah. Uh, it was tough. Brandel had a reply after being called a, a paid <laughs> spokesman that was a tough scene. Uh, this is. How, I feel exactly about this as I do U.S. politics. Like. Hey, don't associate me with either of these two guys. Like these are not my guys here. <laughs> like, Phil, uh, Phil started unblocking people. Which this week. what Did. what's the reasoning behind that? We I, if I can, Brando blocked Phil eventually, and mm-hmm. uh, Phil called him soft. Or am I a conspiracy theorist? If we want to throw out here, like Phil started unblocking media people because he's uh, because he was calling Brando soft for blocking people. I think that is accurate. I, I have to think that's in play. I don't think that like Phil was like, ah, I'm going to give like NLU another chance. I'm going to give Randy another chance to sort of, you know, I, I love these dudes. They're great guys. Like, I, no, it was like, oh, well, 
all right, I'm going to sort of make my point here of like if you block somebody you're soft i've never been blocked by phil i gotta say i don't i don't i don't know I, why i wore it like a badge of honor i'm happy to be unblocked it makes it way easier to do my next section which is to go through some of phil's tweets for the week which is uh phil of course said this guy he his network covers russia and china olympics his pga tour funds the entire tour in china you could not be serious john mcenroe voice um something tells me there was an, an email that was sent out with some talking points about covering the russia and china olympics between uh, the live spokesman. Uh, this are, week. Honestly, I, Ari, Ari Fleischer. Are these people that. so like brainwashed that they think that covering the Olympics is the same as like getting a check from Putin? The idea that like but, as a journalistic entity, you would go to Russia and and cover the event there. That that's the same as getting money directly from those people. That is such a but bizarro... Dude, this works. Like, read the replies. Good point, Phil. Really good point. Like, these stooges just follow this stuff and, like, take these false equivalencies and run with it. It's a joke. The, the part that really got me about... Many many parts got me about Claude's comments, but blah, blah, blah. He says, and I think uh, you guys largely did that because you drank the Kool-Aid of everyone else. Which use that with me? Yeah, drinking the Kool Aid is obviously a reference to Jim Jones and Jonestown, <laughs> and drinking the Kool Aid, committing a mass suicide because you're in a cult, uh, all in a cult together, and believing some outrageous stuff. Which side of this does that sound like? Right? Again, there is a side here that's getting paid very heavily to represent all these thoughts, and uh, my check has not come in the mail yet. My 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 comments are free of being paid. It would have been a lot more lucrative for us to. To be on the live side of this, hundred yes. percent. Way easier. 100%. Oh my god! It's just, but again, they're just proje- they're projecting so hard. And it's some just of sad. the like um, some of the misinformation in our conversation, I think, was frustrating because he was like, "You guys don't want these guys to be on the Ryder Cup team." Like, I was like, "That's so not true." Like, I literally think that Brooks and DJ should be on the Ryder Cup team. I actually think that Phil should get to be a Ryder Cup captain. As as much shit as Phil has right, done, that's that's crazy. <laughs> I, you may say that's crazy, but it's that's an entertainment how I feel. product. Like yeah. I think I want Sergio as a Ryder Cup captain. I want like Lee Westwood as a future Ryder Cup captain. I want Phil as a, a future Ryder Cup captain. Those are things that are. I, I think it is that is separate from like hey. We formed a new tour. Like, I'm okay with that. Faxon had good points on that. Well, let's 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 do that because it's just again worth noting if you're not following this stuff religiously. Which good on you? Yeah, (laughs) your your life is better than mine. Uh, The PGA of America runs the Ryder Cup from the United States side. It's not the PGA Tour. It is the PGA of America. Brooks is still a PGA of America member. He is second in points. If he qualifies on points, he is going to be on the team that has been said, and that's out there. That is a difference between the U.S. side and the European side. The European team is run by the DP World Tour, and you have to be a member of the DP World Tour to be on the European Ryder Cup team. If you want to be a member of the European Ryder Cup team, if you want to be a part of the DP World Tour, you have to follow their rules and regulations, which says you need releases to go play events. These guys obviously didn't get it. They won the court case. All the guys except for Sergio, or the, everybody resigned their membership. Everybody paid their fines except for Sergio. Uh, <laughs> fill in the blank there. So those guys are not eligible to be on the team. And that's why Sergio will not be a captain on the team. Now, so again, the question is going to come down. Again, not on points qualifiers on the U.S. side. Brooks is going to be on the team. We know that. But captains picks wise, will the U.S. choose a live player that they think is deserving of being on the team? And that's a totally separate question of how do you evaluate results and and how do you evaluate how guys will fit into the team and all that? It's not a hard ban on the U.S. side for live players to be on the Ryder Cup team. I'll say 
If DJ beats down the door to get on the team, that's a way different decision than Bryson beating down the door to get on the team as far as guys wanting that person on the team. And I just get out in front of this now. There's going to be all kinds of conspiracy theories cooked up as to why these guys aren't on the team. Stay focused on what the actual golf looks like and how they fit into the team. I know I'm preaching to nobody because the people are going to troll and it's what it's going to be, but uh, it is different on the two sides. And no, I don't think Phil should captain it. Should be a leader of this group. I think of men I either. think Blocky should be a leader. I think Blocky should should Blocky should him. be the captain. Yeah, he should definitely be an assistant captain for like, sure. That's a, that's a perfect for sure. thing for them to do. <laughs> Rubbing right? Blocky's tummy after shots like it used to do with <laughs> Phil. Like by the way, Phil shot. Phil shot uh, nine over this week, second to last, uh, just ahead of Siwon Kim, who I thought. And had you guys are round. shitting on him for it. And you guys in the media don't realize how hard Trump DC was playing this week. You're drinking the Kool Aid, TC. You know, Kieran, Kieran Vincent, KVV's boy, Kieran Vincent, uh, potentially yeah. another KVV. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what his middle name is, but uh, just beat the shit out of him in rounds one and two, plus two, and even there, my cliques about to get out of the of the seller there so you know job, very Chris. very bad bad golf being played phil's and, uh, point about uh, this is the best place to prepare for majors that's <laughs> that's a fact uh what does that say about live right that like oh like the i mean brooks's whole point is like hey i don't give a shit about pga tour tournaments i don't really give a shit about live tournaments like i this helps me get it healthy i'm not sure it quite makes the point that they think that no. they want to about promoting live like but- it, it's Come a, here and don't give a shit about these tournaments yeah. because the results don't matter and you can get healthy and you can like, you know, That's prep your game for the arguing, majors, right? <laughs> we we know like the the fact is that there's no one that cares about this thing. That doesn't need to be debated. That like the yeah. the ratings are so bad they're not even going to report them anymore. Like no one's paying attention to this. They get decent wait, crowds wait. out there. What was the YouTube thing? This like the pay for the pay per view on YouTube this week. So yeah. you can only they don't they're not on TV on Fridays. You can only watch them on the CW app, but you could also watch on YouTube for three dollars if you wanted to pay to watch the the, the broadcast on Friday. That's wild. So, um, bots putting in that three bucks to, again. To like watch it. another thing, I need people to stop falling for the parody accounts that are the people that are out there pricing these oh, teams at great. two billion dollars. <laughs> stop <laughs> falling for like, it's a funny joke. Stop falling for it like it's real though. Sending it my way. There's people that see those and they're like literally like. Could this be true? Are the, are the, is Smash GC worth $2 billion? Uh, again, the real interest is not actually there. Everyone knows that. I'm willing to have the conversation, though, about have we all underrated how good Liv can be for guys major championship? Prep? Yeah, I think that's fair. That I, I, I was kind of in the camp. I wasn't fully in the camp of, like, dude, these guys aren't going to be – you know, ready to compete because they're not used to competing week in and week out. I was like, I think they can show up and kind of make some stuff happen. I, I, I think it's worth wondering if the well, live it's, yeah. lets them peak at, at certain weeks. You know, that's it's not kind a of good a thing to live. Because you go to, like, you know, following Spieth around this week or, you know, talking to, like, Finho. Like, like those guys are fucking exhausted. Sure. Like, they are, they are wiped out over this, like, you know, the, the whole spring West Coast swing into the Florida swing, into the Masters and PGA, like, guys are – are wiped out uh, after the last eight to 10 weeks of golf. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, I think a lot of these live guys are probably going to be fresher now. You know, what's the live schedule look like the next, however. The schedule gets kind of weird. Um, it, it goes, the next event is June 30th through July 2nd in Valderrama, um, which on their website, it shows that as completed. I don't think it is completed. <laughs> 
Then the next week they go to London. Um, and then they're off for a month. The the um, the British Open is in between that. And they go to Greenbrier August fourth through sixth. They go to Bedminster next August eleventh through thirteenth. Then no events until September twenty second through the twenty fourth. Um, that is like a five or six week time period off. Wait, also, right the Ryder Cup? worth noting that event is the week before the Ryder Cup, um, yeah, wow. which. At Rich Harvest Farms, just a great, great course. And then they go uh, Miami, October 20th through 22nd. And then, uh, of course, it says Jed on the website, but we know it's King Abdullah Economic City, uh, November 3rd through 5th. It's uh, kind of false advertising, huh? Oh, big time. They totally have the erasure with King Abdullah Economic City and do not give it the respect it deserves. I will say, listen, Brooks is going to be on the Ryder Cup team. That's, that's, we've established that. I'll just say this now because I'm going to say it probably a lot leading up to it. I have concerns about him being prepared for the Ryder Cup, uh, both with it being two months after the last major championship uh, of the season, his yeah. famous ability to turn it on and off at major championships. I will never, ever, ever disrespect him again when it comes to a major champion. Uh, we've under, underrated him in, in these events since way before he was on live. Outside of major championships, he has not achieved nearly the same amount of things. And two months after the last major, I wonder – how sharp his game is going to be uh, for Marco Simone and how good his course fit is. Just throwing that out there. I don't know. It should be right around the time he's going to have a kid, too. Like, a lot of a lot of things going on in his life. So, yeah. All that. I, and I'm not, I'm not sure I trust DJ either. DJ is one of my favorite players of all time. But he's not he been playing like good golf. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let, let's, let, we, let's move past, like, uh, he can turn on in a heartbeat. But DJ has not been playing good golf for quite some time. And it's he was not good at the PGA. It's not been noteworthy. He should not be, as of right now, filling in the last spot on that Ryder Cup team. I don't I'll think he's playing good golf. Andy Ogletree. Yeah. <laughs> Made $613,333 this week. That guy needs, that? To get some, he needs, needs a chance. Solly, is there any scenario in which Bryson, you would welcome Bryson on your Ryder Cup team? Not a single one. No. Wow. Okay. Not a good course fit. When you see this place, yeah. it's. Yeah. It's not it. It's not it, and he's not the same team fit. I mean, they managed their way around his weirdness at the last Ryder Cup, and it worked out really well. Uh, I don't think – again, I, I, I'm i totally projecting this. No one has said this to me. I think if your name was on the lawsuit, this is a totally different thing to consider whether or not guys want to be on your team. Like if – I know a lot of the, the trolls don't view it this way, but the guys on tour truly do view it this way. The live guys are suing the PGA Tour players. There is no tour above them. Like right, They are right. suing the players. The amount of money that it has already cost the PGA Tour, I talked to one player that was said that he was in shock as to how much it has already cost the PGA Tour, and it drives a lot of the frustration. The guys just can't go have their money from the Saudis. They have to go and sue their old tour mates on the back end as well. And it just is really maddening. And it's a factor when you go to fill out these teams. Anyone that pretends it's not is, is lying to themselves. Okay. Boom. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I accept that reasoning as a we, we last did, word on We did not make our goal of an hour 15 tonight. Uh, TCNA, you want to do some LPGA match play, Bank of Hope? Yeah, that was the best event I watched all week. Uh, watched a lot of NCAA women. Planning to watch a lot of NCAA men. Uh, but the LPGA match play from Shadow Creek was wonderful. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. but uh, I practiced it earlier, and I don't, I'm not ready for I it. I was, too. Padgery Ananarukanam. Ananarukanam. Uh, yeah. Grant Boone absolutely slays these. Uh, I know. There, there, were a few, there were a few pronunciations this week where I'm like, oh, 
like really like ayaka uh furue 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 where i'm like Furier. yeah where i'm like oh like i didn't see that coming i thought it was furu <laughs> uh she so um i'm gonna call her pajari beat ayaka <laughs> Uh, three and one in the finals. I was personally hoping for a Lynn Grant uh, versus Leona McGuire final. They were the other two semifinalists. Uh, Pajari beat Lynn uh, three and one. Lynn was three under through six, shot 30 on the front nine, and they were all they were tied. Damn. At, at the turn, uh, she had Pajari had uh, eight birdies in 14 holes, uh, and. Leona came out firing and just kind of cooled off. So, um, Carlota Saganda played great. Our Lauren Coglin played great. Any None comment? of the ladies could figure out 17 and 18. Any like comment the, on Leona blocking the Leona McGuire tracker account? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I, uh, well, she, she out of nowhere blocked the Leona McGuire tracker account. God, A lot of sick. the trackers are upset about it. Uh, A lot of talk I, in the tracker community. <laughs> yeah. I, I applaud Leona for taking a brave stand on that. That was great. Uh, Shadow Creek was awesome. I, I had like kind of low expectations. It's always kind of seemed soulless when they've done matches and stuff there. Um, it was like weirdly firm. Yeah. And like the greens were very firm. The, they were fast. The like the ladies could not like you couldn't be above the hole on 18 uh, third round. And uh, like, like Andrea Lee, I mean, everybody three putted from above the hole up there it was uh anna nordquist made an awesome bogey uh rinsed one and then got up and down from you know 100 yards out uh to to advance it was just a i don't know i i really like this event i wish it had more juice i wish it had fans like they don't yeah. allow spectators um i wish it wasn't in late may um which is you know it's it's a little bit hot out there as well is there a reason they don't allow spectators is it just the shadow i think creek it's like a shadow creek thing or, okay yeah um but you know and i'm sure they're they're also like very tied in with whatever's going on in vegas and different you know different sporting events and you gotta avoid march madness and all sorts of high roller events at shadow creek and all that so um but yeah i don't know it's just a it's a cool event um ladies are about to have an awesome awesome stretch of golf here coming up and uh yeah, we've got Liberty National this week. Not my favorite course, but uh, Mizuho America's Open. They're putting on pretty pretty cool event. They're ferrying them over from Manhattan. Uh, Rose Zhang is making her pro debut this week as well. Uh, so Megagane got a uh, sponsor exemption into the field as well. Um, Your girl. So yeah, stoked for that. Um, should be pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, viewing. And then, uh, yeah, Corn Ferry Tour, Rico Hoey won in Knoxville. Awesome then video Corn Ferry posted of him just crying out. on the putting green. Yeah. It was awesome. I'm so pumped for yeah. Rico. That's great. Played with him in a pro-am. I don't know. This was like five or six years ago. 2017, we did the uh, the little shootout. Or that was 2018, the fall, we did a shootout. Mav McNeely was my teammate. Weren't you on Rico's team? Yeah. Uh, and Rico's there. like one of the foremost like driver off the deck, like aficionados <laughs> in the world. Uh, he used to wear these big diamond earrings, just like Solly. Uh, <laughs> he's he's just such a nice guy. I've kind of followed him ever since. He's been lights out lately. Like he's either he's had two or three missed cuts in the last couple months, and he's had like five top top three finishes. It's it's crazy. So he's got his tour card locked up. We'll be seeing him out on the PGA Tour. That'll be a welcome sight. Uh, he's just a, just an exciting player out there. Uh, beat beat Norman Zhang 
too. Norman Zhang was, was, Come back. was right in the mix. Uh, the Panda and uh, and Chase Seifert. Uh, Wake Forest won the women's NCAAs. Uh, they played well. Hats off to them. Beat our uh, beat the USC Lady Trojans. Um, I was a little bit bummed. I was rooting for the Trojans. I was also rooting for Stanford as well. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of – I'll reserve my takes. I had some takes on our, on our LPGA pod this week on that. Men's NCAAs. Guys, Texas Tech is in a playoff tomorrow morning with Oklahoma – or with, with Ohio State, a.k.a. Buck Tech, for the last spot in the final round. They cut it down to 15 teams. They're playing an aggregate. Uh, Ludwig bogeyed the final hole. He hit one dead down the middle, 380 into a pond. Mm. Dead down the middle. I'm so glad they're not playing this event at Greyhawk next year. It's three years in a row at Greyhawk for both the men and the women. I'm tired of watching this course. It's not a good golf course. It takes driver out of a bunch of their hands. It's gimmicky. It's bland. It's just – I just don't like it. I I don't think it's fair that they allow – one course to dictate players legacy, like collegiate legacies. Yeah, so dumb. Like for like basically, you know, three quarters of their, of their college experience. Um, I think that's bullshit. So I, they're going to La Costa next year. I think they're going there for three years as well. Gil's working on La Costa right now. Uh, hopefully that's, that's, you know, hearing good things that that's going to be a, a proper venue for it over the next three years. I wish they'd move it around a little bit more though. Um, as far as the actual, you know, who's winning Illinois is, is drumming everybody, Pepperdine, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia tech, Georgia tech guys leading in the individual. Um, so excited to watch that over the next few days. That's always kind of a treat. I always love the NCAA stuff. Uh, and then we've got, um, I think what else happened? We had Pablo Larathable won in the Netherlands, second win in four weeks. Jamie Weir, have some respect for yourself, man. You can't throw every guy that wins a, on a Euro- European tour straight on the Ryder Cup team. Like, have some respect. <laughs> all right, like have some pride, man. All right, it just doesn't work that way. We're gonna we're gonna do a Ryder Cup catch up, I think, this week. So I gotta, we're running out of to throw a little too. bait out there for him with Rasmus. He's got like Rasmus, thirty-five guys on this Nikolai. team. <laughs> Uh, you might need 35 I, to win. I know for a fact that Ludwig's getting a serious long look. Ooh. We'll talk about that more this week. Um, U.S. Open qualifying. Uh, there's qualifying in Dallas this week. Uh, our guy, friend of the program, Carson Young, who uh, played pretty well at Colonial this week, shot 63-62 uh, at Bentry and Northwood in Dallas. Did he get through? Uh, he, had, he had 19 birdies. Did it, that, was that good enough to get through? He did. He won. He won the qualifier. Uh Shout out uh, you know, to Sergio. I'll say Sergio, one of the great assholes of our time still, but respect for <laughs> at least going out and trying to qualify and getting through. Like I, that was the, what we told guys like, Hey, you're not going to get your OWGR exemptions, yeah. but go try to qualify. And he did it. So I will hats off to that. You know what he I, shot? 66, 66, 66. Yeah. Yeah. Austin <laughs> Eckroat made it as well. I will say uh, it was funny. I mean, I did, I was one of the only people who caught Taylor Gooch, uh, coming out of the PGA, uh, he missed the cut at the PJ Championship. Or no, excuse me, he made the cut, but he was quite bad. Uh, and I, w- I grabbed him uh, in the parking lot and was like, hey, man, like, yo, why didn't you, like, enter local qualifying? And he was, oh, you know, I was really busy. Like, uh, he was very nice. Taylor Gooch, very nice dude. He was like, ah, I, just, I didn't really fit with our schedule. We just thought, I thought they didn't want me, like, good. I was just like, oh, man, like, you're allegedly playing some of the best golf in the world, according to all the, the live bots in my timeline, wouldn't it be like a breeze for you to just breeze through qualifying and like maybe 
contend in the U.S. Open? Wouldn't that be like a big fuck you to the OWGR stuff? No, I guess not. Huh. Well, so uh, last thing I had: uh, KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, Frisco. Uh, um, yeah, I caught a little bit of it. Stricker versus Podrick, which is and Stu Sink was two behind, uh, which is a pretty good sign for like it identifying decent players. Yeah. I wish um, I got to watch more. Um, Podrick was 283 yards out on 18 and like hit it, like landed it pin high. <laughs> there was a Podrick's like, holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Stricker wanted a playoff. Podrick bogeyed 18. Great, great finishing hole. It's going to be all. I'm so, it's what, 2026? Yeah. I think seven. PGA? Seven. 27? Yeah, it's going to be Go, awesome. Uh, I'm so stoked for it. Let me Valhalla at you. And then Quail, of course, get a great look at Quail after Oof. not being able to see it for <laughs> some time. And then Aronimink and then PGA Frisco in 27. So well, we'll get a little look at Frisco later this year. That's Valhalla, very true. like, I can't even shit on Valhalla that hard because, like, there's been good majors there. Great, great champions. They're, re, good they're redoing ports. it right now. Good, great leaderboards. Yeah. Shout out to Bell Reef, too, right? Uh, <laughs> Sometimes in Valhalla, you get to, like, play through the group behind you. It's dark <laughs> out. It's incredible. They're redoing some it right cool now. Holes I don't know there. if I knew that. Yeah, they're, they're redoing some things out there. I know okay. they sold it, and uh, they're, they're redoing some things. I don't know if Mr. Nicholas is involved or not. Uh, can you imagine if Rory played through? A group now with all the live stuff going oh on. Oh my like, god! <laughs> be crazy. I can only so. Help. So, what do we have going on this week? Anything special? Um, I, I, I'd have to, I'd have to check <laughs> the schedule. Great, I don't that's know. A great question. I want to get to the succession final here. Come on, yeah. guys, let's go. It's, uh, it's, it, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll more to come. I mean, we'll have a Ryder Cup pod hopefully coming this week, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some video content, and I'm sure we'll get back to work here at some point, but. We're working on a holiday weekend here, all right? We're, we're, we're we scraping it together like we can. So, uh, thank you. Anybody, anybody have anything else before we wrap? No, that's it. Let's what a great ship it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you are getting home safely from whatever Memorial Day plans you had. Uh, thank you, KVV, for being here. Thank you, TC. Uh, cannot wait to watch Succession. I know you guys are going to have a trap draw on it very soon on that. I know that's coming yeah. up, but... I uh, gotta get this edited and posted, and we're gonna go watch that. So thanks for thank you in. to the people of Fort Worth. Yeah, awesome time, great. And not not the people of Dallas, just the people of Fort Worth. <laughs> TC, I love the way that you ride for Fort Worth, but continue to shit on Dallas. Like it's, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you back here next week. Cheers. <laughs>